For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio. That was great catching up with John McMullen. We really appreciate it. We make our own sweet music here, man. All good. Big sales here. How you doing? Right? We have, over the next couple days, some really huge guests coming up. Don't want to, like, uh, jinx it in any way here, but um, we'll keep you updated. All you have to do is go over to my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show. And you can see some of the people that we're going to have coming up here in a second. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool here as we get into training camp next week. We get ready for the Hall of Fame game. Hey, by the way, too, man, did you hear what they're doing at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Because they've combined two classes, you know, you know, the 2020 and the 2021 classes and um, or the 19 and the 2020 classes. They've combined for like induction. You're gonna you're gonna maybe only get like uh, six minutes, so you're gonna get the Oscar hook. You know, how you hear the music when the Oscars are best supporting actress, and all of a sudden you hear the music, and you've been rambling on about me, 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 and hey, I want to thank me. Hey, every time I watch the Oscars, I'm like, I don't know, man. It sounds like something Big Seals would be good at. I'd like to thank me. I'd like to thank me. I'd really like to thank me and my, you know, ego for doing some of the things that we've done over the years. You know, when I was a young kid, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Every time I watch the Oscars, man, you know, I want to thank my family for giving me this opportunity. I want to thank me for persevering. And you're like, okay, Um, like no one likes this. So six minutes that you're going to get when you're at the hall of fame this year. So you better get it all in or they're going to give you the Oscar hook there and on your on stage there too. So that's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because some of these guys know how to talk. And by the way, I like the storylines. All right, let's move on here. You know, I mentioned to you, I thought Nick Saban was a fan of Bryce Young, his boy getting all this money. Hey, I don't think, I, you know, after reading some of the comments and watching his expressions, I don't know, man, if he's overjoyed with that. Okay, I really don't. Oh, you know what? I'll give you one of the guests right now. We're going to have Dabble Sweeney on Monday at 4.30 Eastern time. I'm going to ask Dabble what he makes of this. 
because you know he's going to have guys on his team. He's right there in that Alabama room as one of the top three programs in the country, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Those are your three dogs, man. Then it's everyone else, right? Kind of like an outlier team. But those three guys have run college football for the last 20 years. It's been those three. So I'm sure Dabble, and I'm going to tell you this, that Clemson faithful, let me give you a little bit about, and again, I'm going to get into this nil this nil rule and how it's going to affect college football. So when you go to Clemson, they got this um, I pay 30 a year club. Could be 30 bucks. It could be 30 grand. Could be 300 grand. They've got some of the biggest money people in the entire country that supports that football program. You talk about alumni. I'm telling you, man, Clemson, they got the best of everything. It is a gigantic program. Alabama, too, man. You know, Nick Saban's got two houses. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Deliverance. He's got like a cottage on that river, that actual river that they filmed the movie on. And Saban goes there before the start of the season, and he kind of like, that's his hangout. They paid for it. Like all of Saban's homes have been paid for by the Alabama uh, alumni and athletic supporters. All that's uh, his cars, his bills, hell, his food, everything. Saban, like, like, you know, it's always funny hearing these stupid. You notice that that's simmered down. NFL people aren't even barking at any longer. You know, why would Nick Saban leave Alabama? He's paid like a pro coach. Guy makes $11 million a year. Flies around in a private jet. He's got homes for that are paid for. This guy's got every single thing in his grasp. Why would he do anything to jeopardize that? Why would he? He wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, I say this about Calipari. Why would John Calipari ever leave Kentucky? He's a rock star at Kentucky. Flies around in a jet. Does all this stuff. Make no mistake about it, man. This is an incredible time to be a college coach right now. It's absolutely incredible. So here's where we go here. The new nil laws. Man, if I'm Alabama or I'm doing something right now, let me tell you what I'm doing. I just found out that my starting quarterback is going to be making a million dollars a year, and he hasn't played one down yet. Let me tell you something. I'd be using this as a recruiting tool. I would knock on every single kid's door, and I don't care if you're committed to go anywhere. Do you know what I would be doing? I'd be sitting here doing this. Hey, man, you kid, you want to come and make a million dollars? Come to Alabama. Hey, you, you, you want to drive a car? Come to Alabama. Hey, you want to live in a really nice house? You live in Alabama. I mean, quite frankly right now, make no mistake about it, dude. This is, this is a great recruiting tool if you are someone right now that has all the, without a doubt, opportunity to make money for these kids. This is a great tool for them to do it. All right. I've got to take a quick timeout here for a second. We'll do that. When we come back out of the timeout, I want to hit on Tom Brady. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. 
I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio here. We appreciate you coming aboard with us, as you always do each and every single day. Thank you so much. Four to six Eastern time. Like I said, man, Dabo Sweeney, okay? Monday, 4.30 Eastern time. All right. You know, real quick on Nick Saban, I want to throw this out. We were just talking about him, how Alabama should be using that nil rule to their advantage. Watch this, man. You pick up the phone. You call the kid and you go, hey, Nick Saban, love to have you come. First, it's Alabama. Of course, you're going to pick the phone up. Okay, you're going to go like this. Hey, man. Yeah, okay. Hey, coach, thank you for really thinking of me. How'd you like to make a million dollars? 
Okay. Help me out. Well, my guy just is making a million dollars. Instead of fighting it, embrace it. Instead of looking at it where you're going like this, man, this is going to be bad. No, it's going to separate you from the rest of the have-nots. If, 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 if I'm Dabo Sweeney or I'm Ryan Day of Ohio State, I'm going to use this thing to my complete advantage. I mean, I'm not, I, okay, the University of Ohio can't do it. Well, that's not my fault. Yeah, but it's not going to be fair. Fair, Hey, free enterprise is usually not fair. You know, capitalism isn't fair. Socialism is fair. Fair to the government. You know, college sports is not a socialistic mentality. Oh, wait, I'll take that back. They think it is. But in reality, it's not. You think Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Southern Cal who operate under a different, completely different operating budget, operates under the same umbrella that San Diego State or San Jose State or Boston College or any of those other school, Temple. Come on, man. Well, everything should be fair. There's nothing fair in this country because capitalism isn't fair. It goes to the hardest worker, the people that put the most into it. Jesus, criminy. This is not a communist society we're talking with college sports. Nothing is fair, man. Stop pretending. See, you know, college sports has always pretended that. They have. They've always pretended, well, this is amateur sports. No, it ain't. When you're paying Nick Saban $11 million a year, how in your right mind do you even think that that's fair? There's like no way you could possibly think that's fair. Here, I'll give you an instance. Saban made $11 million a year last year, okay? A guy named uh, Rocky Long, who was the head coach of San Diego State, made eight hundred grand. There's not a coach on the Alabama coaching staff that makes under a million dollars. The coordinators are making two nine two five. Nothing's fair in college sports. They just give you the impression it is. Yeah, fake news. <laughs> fake news, dude. Use that thing. By the way, you know what? I found this out today about Nick Saban. Since we're on a Nick Saban tangent here, a couple of my boys who were in that Miami Dolphins organization said this to me this morning. You know, after they realized that they had made a gigantic mistake with Dante Culpepper and they brought his ass in and they knew he was not healthy, and he saw what Breeze was doing in New Orleans, Saban knew immediately to get the hell out of Miami. And how did, do you remember how that whole thing played out, how he got that Bama job? Remember, they were asking him, and I was in Miami at the time. We were all asking him, hey, coach, there's a rumor you're going to take over for Mike Shula. Mike Shula had run the Alabama program into the toilet. They were losing games. They were awful. He couldn't recruit. Former quarterback for um, Ray Perkins, I think, at Alabama. I think Ray, because he was my teammate at Tampa Bay. And he was running that program into the toilet. And out of nowhere, and it, it, we all had heard that Bama and Mal Moore, the former uh, athletic director, 
had put this gigantic deal in front of him. Hey, come back. You know, remember he had won a national championship at LSU. You know, and everyone was like, hey, come back to the SEC. Da, 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 da. Saban's like, I got to get out. The number one person they had to sell was Saban's wife. And Saban's wife said, let's get out of here because we're not going to go anywhere with Dante Culpepper. When they realized that Culpepper was a tragic mistake. By the way, if you had to do that all over again, there's not one team that thought that Drew Brees was ever going to recover from that injury that he sustained in San Diego when he was with the Chargers. He got hurt in that Kansas City game at the end of the year. And there's not one person on the planet who thought he was going to be able to do the things and put up the numbers that he ended up putting up in his fabulous career. Nobody thought that. And that was the writing on the wall. He said, I'm out of here, man. And that's how Saban got the Bama job. He realized watching Breeze throw the ball the way he was throwing it in New Orleans. He goes, wow, did we absolutely make a massive mistake when it came to the quarterback selection? Because I'll tell you this. Can you imagine this? Just, Just dream for a second. Can you imagine if Saban had chosen right and it was Breeze in Miami? You would have had Breeze and Brady going back and forth in the AFC East for all those decades and going back and forth. Those two coaches. Bill Belichick's resume may be completely different and Tom Brady's may be completely different if those two guys were able to battle. Remember, they played twice a year with each other. Okay? They played twice a year. And so just think about how that whole thing would have ended up playing out. It would have changed history of the league. It would have changed history of resumes if that ended up playing out. So it's how, how one decision, think about that for a second, just one decision changed the course of history. Both guys, you would make the argument where look at what Nick Saban has done. Would you say Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach of all time? I would. I know Coach Bryant and Woody Hayes and those guys, and I get it, man. If you want to go back when guys folded up their helmets and put it in their back pocket with Rockney and them guys, sure, all right, I don't know. Never saw the guys coach. I don't know who they are. It was like rugby back then. Okay, but these guys in my lifetime, these guys are the best coaches I've ever seen because they're the best recruiters I've ever seen. Okay, just just phenomenal. I think Myers, great. I don't think he's saving great. And for the record, I don't really think Nick does anything over the top when it comes to his schemes. I, I mean, there's nothing special about him. But you know what's special about him as a coach? He hires great assistant coaches. He recruits the best players. And who cares what the system is? He changes coordinators like he changes shoes. I mean, you can go from Sarkeesian. You can go to uh, Ken O'Brien. You can – Bill O'Brien, I mean, you could go to anybody and people go into that coaching staff and they have the same success because they're not missing a beat. This guy knows that was the key to Jimmy Johnson's success as well. Man, Jimmy knew how to hire and just draft guys. He knew how to recruit and he knew how to hire assistant coaches. Man, you know what's crazy too? Think about it. Nick Saban's assistants have a lot in common with Jimmy Johnson's assistants. Name me one Nick Saban assistant coach 
that's gone on to be a superstar coach. Let's think about that for a minute. Hmm. Bo Pelini, kind of. Bill O'Brien. Okay, he's decent. Give me another coach that you went like this. The guy's really, I mean, he is just a special coach. Give me one guy. One guy that Nick Saban has had that he's put in the NFL or college coaching. The guy in Georgia? Okay. Let me give it, give, give, give me, okay, that's decent. Give me another guy. Here, and I'll give you this with Jimmy. Dave wants that? I don't know. Butch Davis? Pretty good college coach. Pretty good college coach. Norv Turner? I don't know. Whatever you think of Norv. Mike Zimmer? Mike Zimmer's decent. The point is, is that these guys all fit into what he was doing. So when you go and you coach at those places, we'll find out what Steve Sarkeesian is at Texas. Steve's a good coach, though. He wasn't really matured under Saban, but Saban gave him an opportunity. All right, let me let me move on here. Enough Saban talk here. Let's go into um, Tom Brady. I'll ask you this question. I asked John McMullen this question in the last hour here, and I'll ask you guys this question. So Tom Brady says it's going to be a great week of football in week four of the NFL when he goes back to Gillette. And he goes back and sees those fans. Boston has a lot in common with places like Pittsburgh, Philly, Chicago, Green Bay. What's another great fan base? New Orleans has a good fan base. The Giants have a pretty decent fan base. Hey, the the Patriots have a great fan base. Okay. You have a guy deliver what Tom Brady delivered to your franchise. Do you cheer him or do you jeer him? What do you do? How would I? Here, I'm not going to speak for every fan. I'll speak for me as a fan. If Tom Brady rolled into my building and he had won six Super Bowls, and I know how the whole thing ended. And I saw that dude win a Super Bowl in Tampa. I'd be like this. I'm not mad at that dude. The Patriots just didn't, just didn't keep filling up the cabinet to keep it going. They ran out of gas as an organization. That's not on Tom. You think Tom should have died on the vine in Boston? You think he should have just died on the vine and been loyal to the soil? No way, man. Absolutely no way. So I'm not pissed at Tom Brady. Okay? I'm not pissed at Tom Brady. I'm not I'm going to I'm going to cheer him. I'm not going to go crazy now. I'm still going to want my page. I'm when he rolls into Gillette, I'm not hoping that his Buccaneers beat the Patriots if I'm a Pats fan. I'm not doing that. I don't want him to get hurt. You know, I I don't have any of that animosity, but Hey, you know what? I have respect for the guy, but let's not get crazy here. I'm not going to sit here and be a snowflake and go, yeah, you know, he won all this, so we give him a hall pass, and he'll always be a – hey, man, that's for retirement talk. And when he comes back and you put his jersey up and the rafters there, and you can do all that crap after that, but right now, man, he's the enemy. That's how I look at it. 
that some bitch is the enemy. I'm not going to sit here and go like this. Screw that, man. That ain't working for me. But I'm going to respect him. Now, if Carson Wentz came back, let me ask you this. If Wentz comes back to Philly, and, hey, and he has success in Indy, I'll tell you who they're going to end up revering more. I'll tell you this, too. And I'm, I'm going to make a prediction to you. Are you ready? I'm going to make a prediction to you. One day, Frank Reich will be the head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know when, but he will be the head coach in Philly. He's got a get-out-of-jail get card in his back pocket with that franchise. If you go back to Jacob Media's website, or their channel, and you pull up that Frank Reich interview that we did here, Frank tells you right on that interview, he says this, I have a great relationship with Howie. I love the owner. We talk all the time. When I heard all that, Franks will be a coach of that team one day. There's just too much love in the building. Too much love in the building for Frank Reich. By the way, you think there's any coincidence they hired Frank's OC? You think that's just a coincidence? Oh, wait a minute. You sent the quarterback that you coached in Philly to Frank. Frank sends back his OC as your new head football coach. You think that really is just something that just magically happened and that there wasn't dialogue since the end of the season? How do you not put that together? I mean, common idiots could put that together. Okay, so wait a minute. Wentz is there, and I send back the OC as your new head coach, Lincoln Riley. That's the dumbest thing. But then again, they were doing fake news in Philly for a while. Really? You think Lincoln Riley was going to leave? You think he was going to leave Oklahoma making $7 million a year? And he's got a 10-year bonus in there, the same way that Bob Stoops did. If Stoops stayed there 10 years, there was a bonus of $6 bucks, And they upped his salary. I think he's making seven and a half now, Lincoln Riley. You think the Eagles are going to pay $7.5 million for an unproven coach after they just fired Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl? Dude, you're crazy, man. That ain't working. They were never going to spend that kind of money. And another factor, the money that they owe on the Wentz deal still, so then you're going to turn around and you still owe money on the scenario where you're talking about having somebody sit here and having somebody you know, understand when you're talking about contracts. It's just not going to make sense. It just does not make sense. Not going to happen. Too much money's being floated around. You owe Doug Peterson money, and you owe Carson Wentz money. Sirianni goes back as the head coach. <laughs> okay. Right. Sure. Okay. That, that just magically happened. Okay. So that's not going to work. Not going to revere. Carson Wentz or cheering Carson Wentz when he comes back. I, 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 I can't wait for that day when that day comes out. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to that week four 
when Brady goes up to Gillette. I, I, I really am. I'm looking forward to that. All right, let's move on here. Stephen Jones and the Cowboys, as I said to you, um, are in training camp today. And he came out publicly. By the way, we had Stephen Jones on our show, also here the National Football Show, um, a couple of um, weeks ago. And we were talking to him, the vice president of the Dallas Cowboys, said some great things about Dak Prescott. By the way, one of the most telling things in that interview was it was never about the money. You know, it was never about the money. It was always about the length of the contract. And he came out today. And if you go back and listen to that, you pretty much get what he's saying as of today or yesterday when he's talking about Dak Prescott's contract. He says they made a mistake by not signing him before the pandemic. Okay. But you know what they ended up doing in the end? They did the right thing. Dak being the face of the franchise. Dak being um, the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years or five years. I mean, there's no question about it. The Cowboys said, okay, so we're going to have to eat an extra million, million or two dollars here. I think it's more like five million probably. Here, pre-pandemic, let's, let's put that into perspective. Maybe it's more like 12. What do you think you would have signed Dak Prescott for pre-pandemic? Stephen Jones said they made a mistake. They signed him for 42 annually. What, what do you think you, it would have been prior to the pandemic? The cap was 31 already. So where are we? 40? 39? They had just signed Deshaun Watson to a $38 million annual deal in Houston. So we're probably between 38 and where he initially signed at the end anyway, 42. So he's probably in there. So what are we talking about? A couple million dollars here. We're not talking about 12 or five or $8 million here. We're talking somewhere in there because remember the cap and it did go down. So that would have brought down that number for the quarterback spot, but that just would have been an economic thing. It wouldn't have been really market value. So they probably lost out because the cap went down because of the pandemic, but the value of Dak didn't go down even after the injury. So it came out with, make no mistake about it, you know, when he's saying that they probably should have signed him before, maybe what Steven is meaning is that they should have signed the guy because, you know why, it would have alleviated any kind of speculation that he wasn't going to be the starting guy for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. Because remember how we started to do all that debating? We started to do all that debating by doing this. Is he the guy? Is he going to be the guy? Is he not going to be the guy? You know, we were doing all that back and forth here. So it maybe just created more chaos for the Cowboys. And remember something, when you have a situation where you have, where you have the quarterback situation not taken care of and you're not isolating on that situation, the rest of your roster suffers. Building the defensive front seven, uh, retooling the offensive line, Anytime you've got stability at that position there, it's going to create a little bit more leeway for you to be able to isolate and evaluate the other positions that you have on the team. So to me, that's more kind of where it is because if we're talking economics here, I mean, you really got to look at it where we're talking about just a couple million dollars here. We're not talking about $10, 15000000 million. There wasn't going to be that gap. You were still going to pay market value for the kid. 
So they go into training camp now. Everything's set up. They're in Oxnard now. And I said this at the beginning of the program. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a 10-7 football team. I really don't look at them as being a football team where they've really upgraded all that much. I mean, you give a guy, just because you gave him more money, that doesn't mean the football team is going to be a better football team. They were still struggling on defense. And the thing about football is you got to be balanced all over the place, your special teams, your defense. And the Cowboys are not. They're top-heavy in their cap. Three guys. I bring this up to you all the time. Murray Cooper makes $20 million a year. Ezekiel Elliott makes $18 million. Now the quarterback makes $42 million annually. you got $60 million just in two players between Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott on a $181 million salary cap. Think about that. you got 53 other guys that you've got a tool when it comes to paying salaries to, and there's no way you're going to get premium guys when you're paying that kind of money on two guys. And then you add an overrated Amari Cooper into that conversation. you got $80 million. you got $100 million of that salary cap to fill out the rest of your roster. That ain't going to work, man. I said this before to many people that the secret sauce to the Patriots, they never paid a soul to anybody, including Tom Brady. He was never the highest paid guy in that building. He was never that guy. Never that guy. Anytime a guy's salary came up like Richard Seymour or Chandler Jones or somebody like that, they moved them. Even Darrell Rivas. Even the offensive line, they would move people all the time. Brady Moss, too, man. They're not going to pay big money for that. That's just not who they are. So when, when you got issues like that and you're, you're the Cowboys are too top-heavy, I would have done this. I would have moved off Ezekiel Elliott. And I probably wouldn't have moved off of Mari Cooper because I gave a lot up for him trading with the Raiders. But I, I, I probably wouldn't have because if I'm investing that kind of money in my quarterback, I'm not doing what they did in Houston with DeAndre Hopkins, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins and you give Deshaun Watson like a, 40, a $39 million annual deal. I'm not doing that. You crippled DeAndre Hopkins by taking one of the top third down guys in the league away from you. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. Makes no common sense when you're doing things like that. All right, let's move on here. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, this is crazy, this story. This really is crazy and what they're doing. I would say this to you. Okay, so we're now like seven days out of training. Where are we now? No, we are. Yeah, we're six days out now from training camp for the Texans showing up. What the hell's happening here? Is the guy going to be on the commissioner's list? Is he going to play? What's going on here? What's the scenario that we have? What's he going to do? I mean, bottom line here, you have no idea what the quarterback situation is in Houston. Not that the Houston Texans were going to be world beaters or anything like that. But you just don't know what's going on with the quarterback position. You got a brand new head football coach. Are you going with Tyrod Taylor or are you not going with Tyrod Taylor? Man, I would hate to be in that organization right now. I so would hate to be in that organization. Player, coach, talent evaluator, scout, public relations. The public relations department must be an absolute disaster hole right now. Think of that for a minute, man. What do you tell the media? What's Deshaun doing? I don't know. Where are you going? I don't know. 
I have no idea what we're doing here. Man, it just makes absolute no sense in what we're doing here when it comes to the quarterback position. Nobody knows, not even the Texans. Maybe they do, but, man, it'd be nice if you let the players know. So that's so that's such an unresolved storyline. Maybe we get something this week by the end of the week because something's got to be resolved here with this. All right. I want to throw this at you here. I was talking to John McMullen in the last hour, and he likes Washington to win the NFC East. As I do, I think they are the best team in the NFC East. I think that football team's got a chance to really do some good things, all depending on what the quarterback does. You know what he said today as he was getting ready to go to training camp? He, he made a comment today that I thought was really cool. And you know what? This guy may be one day um, a guy that you may want to ever consider him to be a head football coach because I really love him. Nine teams, every place he's ever been. Everybody falls in love with the guy. They think the world of him. Everybody plays hard for him. He's been a journeyman. He's put up a fabulous seven. Get this. That guy's played 17 seasons. 17 seasons, nine different teams. And he's put up more numbers than what Terry Bradshaw has career-wise when it comes to passing yards. Hell, I think he's even got more touchdown passes than Terry. I think it's pretty impressive for what he's done. On being a journeyman, backup guy, substitute teacher, whatever you want to call him, he's been really a great player. And, and, and I say that, not a great player in talent, but he's been a – how about this? Maybe a great teammate. He was talking about Tua Tuckaviola and his relationship in Miami and what they were going through last year. And he said he kind of sacrificed something that he, he thought about it at the end of the year if he had done the right thing. What he did was he put his ego away. And when they went to him and said, we're going to start Tua, they were winning with him. They were putting everything together. The Dolphins were ascending. They were going like this. Hey, look, Tua 6-3 and three as a starter. I'm not saying he lost games, but they were getting better and better and better as an offense. I thought when Tua got in, I think, what was he, throwing for like 140 yards as an average for those games that he was in? I thought it went like this. I remember, he got benched like three times or four times in that whole process. And I thought they had a bumpy ride. But when he was, he was throwing for 340 yards, 330 yards, he was starting to get that offense really in a great place. And I, I, was, I was thinking, you know, why would they do that? You're in, the, you're in the process of playing for a playoff spot. It was more important for the Dolphins to try to develop the quarterback than it was to win ball games. Because why? They had traded up in the draft. I think was it Tua taken number five? I think he was five overall. Remember, if he hadn't gotten hurt, he may have been number one. And they were we have to find out now. And I and I like what Chris Greer, the GM and the head coach were doing. You 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 had to figure out if your guy's the guy. You just got to figure that out right now. You, you, you have got to know immediately, as soon as possible, if this dude is your guy. Like, look, look at what's going on in Cleveland right now. Okay, Baker Mayfield is still making comments about his contract. Now, look, to be fair to the kid, 
they were asking him the question, what do you make of your contract? Well, you know, I'm not really concerned about it. You're not? You know why you don't have a new contract? Because Cleveland's not sure yet. Cleveland saw half a season last year where you started getting it. Cleveland wants to see a full season. They want to see you. Watch this. Do you think it's cool that Cleveland wants to see him do it again? If I'm going to give you a superstar contract, and by the way, I think the Browns want him to be successful. They drafted him as high as they did. They want him to be the guy. They're not rooting against him. Look at all the assets they put around him. I don't think they're rooting against him. If they're going to pay him that giant money, I think it's fair that you go like this. Hey, I want to see you do it again. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Let's see you do it again. And, you know, Mayfield's guys were like, well, you know, you know, we understand if, you know, we'd, we'd like to see some conversations. And the Browns were like this. We haven't started any contract talks at all with the agent. The agents thought that he would start a liar and start kindling, you know, some response from the um, from the Browns. And the Browns go, well, we haven't started any conversation whatsoever. And so, you know, I haven't, you know, begun anything here. And so the people in Cleveland are like this. I, I just want to see you do it. I don't think there's a problem with that. I don't think there's any problem with that, actually. Look at you think if you think if um, Los Angeles with the Rams, or do you think that if the Eagles had a chance before they signed those contracts with golf and with Wentz, you think if they had to replay that all over again, they would have went like this? Man, we got to see this guy continue to do this. I think that's why they're hedging their bets a little bit in Buffalo. Are they going to get a contract with uh, Josh Allen? Absolutely. But let's see him do it again. We're no longer talking about five or six million dollars any longer. Folks, we're talking about 40 million, 42 million. That number's Lamar Jackson's getting into the conversation now. Are you going to give him a super max deal? And I'll use an NBA expression where you're paying him $45 million a year. Are you dead sure that's your guy? Because get this, if you're wrong, it's a financial disaster for your team, your cap, your career. You think that owner's not going to come crashing down on your head? If you give that guy, here, let me throw this at you here. So when Tom Brady ended up getting that starting job in New England, do you remember the sequence on how that happened? The sequence went like this. The year before, Bob Kraft gave Drew Bledsoe a $100 million contract, gave him $19.5 million signing bonus. Remember what happened? Mo Lewis, or who, I think it was Mo Lewis who knocked out Bledsoe on that, I think it was Thursday night game, maybe a Monday night game. He destroyed him, right? All of a sudden, this dude comes in, a six-round guy, making $800,000 a year, Tom Brady. And all of a sudden, Bill Belichick had to go to the owner. Yeah, you know the sign-up bonus you gave um, Drew Bledsoe? I'm going with Brady. Remember, he got healthy again. Bledsoe won a playoff game against Pittsburgh. Remember, there was a debate. Is Bill going to stick with Bledsoe, the experienced guy, or is he going to run with Brady? Remember he said, I'm running with Brady. That was the decision of a lifetime. And it was a financial decision of a lifetime. They got three years to work on their whole entire roster because Brady was making sixth-round money. 
Do you remember what they did with Bledsoe? They traded his ass to Buffalo in the division. They lost money, and they traded him to an enemy. The only thing that saved Belichick's ass in that whole thing, Brady won a Super Bowl. Brady started looking like he could be special. Remember what saved coaches like Shanahan and those guys in in Washington? They drafted RG3. Remember they got, and they had to give up all those assets to the Rams? They drafted Kirk Cousins in like the fourth round. He covered his ass in case that dude doesn't pan out. Shanahan was right to cover his ass, wasn't he? Because RG3 gets hurt and he was never the guy. That's how that played out. That's how exactly that played out. So when you're looking at evaluating quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, we've learned too much now over the last couple of years here with those two contracts. I'm not going to sit here and go like this. I don't know, man. This guy looks awful good. I'm going to give him money. They're not going to be a rush to judgment any longer when you do that stuff. Nobody's going to do that. You're not, you're, you're, you're not going to throw that money out like you did once before. All right. We come back out of the timeout. I, I want to throw this at you. Deion Sanders made a very interesting comment today. I think this comes down to respect. I really like what Deion's doing. I think he's coaching at Jackson State. And he's at a historically black college. And I really love what he's doing. I think Eddie George is also at a historically black college. And all these players, these ex-players now, are trying to make an impact um, at the college game. I'll tell you what he said. And he brought Nick Saban into it. Again, here's a Saban comment. I guess when you're successful like that, your name is always brought in. I want to hit on that. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. 
Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio. Yeah, man, hey. Hey, make no mistake about it, man. Football season is here. Real cool. You know, I, I thought that I, I thought the NBA finals were really a great story last night. I started to show up with that too. You had this guy just leading this group of men. And you you know what? Chris Middleton that's on that team too. You know what? Did do you notice something that's really old school about Giannis? He doesn't mind that guy taking big shots. He doesn't mind who takes the shot, which means he doesn't mind who gets the credit. He he just wants to be part of something that's winning. That I was watching that and I go, this guy's got really no ego, man. Have you ever seen a superstar too? You know, usually when you see a guy hustle the way he hustles, this guy's beating guards up the court. He hustles his ass off every single play. There's no plays off. This guy plays his ass off, man. That, you know, and and last night, I'll tell you what, he was making free throws like he was Magic Johnson last night. I mean, this guy couldn't miss last night, and he's traditionally not a very good free throw shooter. It also showed me when the light was the brightest, he was the brightest. 50 points, I think only one of seven guys ever in NBA history for the finals to have a 50-point game. I mean, he was just – Bob Pettit was like the last guy in a closeout game or something like that. Bob Pettit. I mean, I think they played with like peach baskets back when Pettit played, right? You're like, man, this guy was so great last night. But what impressed me the most – was how freaking hard he, how hard he was ran the court, man. His energy level was just off the charts, man. You know, you usually see guys like Rodman diving after loose basketballs and seeing all that stuff. You know, you don't really ever see superstars. How many times have you watched in a game where you know you're not winning? I've even seen LeBron loafing. I've never seen that guy loaf. So that means this. When you play against a guy like Giannis, if you don't bring your A game every single day and you're praying he's not playing his A game, that kind of guy is the most impossible person to beat. 
God forbid he gets a mid-range shot. God forbid he improves on his free throw. He'd be unguardable. Talking about a 6'11 guy who runs like that, who's as athletic as that, and he's around the basket like Shaq, and he dominates around the basket like Shaq. Is he the face of the NBA? Yeah. I think when you take the crown from someone, now look, how about this? Let's be candid here. When you say this, a healthy Nets team. Could that be different? We'll see next year with the East. Already you're talking Vegas is saying, I think I saw with the um, the line already out, I think it's Nets, Lakers, and Bucks. I don't think that's any disrespect to the Bucks because when you look at the players that are on those other two teams, I personally don't think the Lakers belong in that conversation because the Lakers have AD and LeBron and then who? Kuzma? I mean, seriously. Now, when you're talking to me about the Nets, I get it. But see, I don't trust Kyrie Irving. You know, Kevin Durant's always, you know, on Twitter, on his one of his burner accounts. And James Harden, God knows what he's doing. He ain't going to play a lick of defense. I think those three superstars, they remind me kind of what went on in Houston years ago with Barkley and Drexler and Pippen. Just never connected, man. And it can be like that. You know, I mean, so people are saying, well, you know, we'll see when they're healthy and what happens with Kawhi coming. I don't care, man. All I know is this. That guy plays his ass off. And he reminds me of Tom Brady. Brady's not the most talented guy to ever play that position. But Brady plays his ass off every game. Plays through injury. Plays through adversity. He's a great teammate. He's got a team ego. I think Giannis has a team ego. Giannis has an ego, but it's about winning as a group. See, how many times did you guys watch LeBron do this in his career? When things are going great, hey, LeBron, it's great to be around LBJ. When things go south, he sits off to the side, you know, he starts blaming other people. Now, Giannis doesn't do that, man. And for the last two years, Bucks have been bounced in the playoffs, haven't they? They've been bounced. And, I mean, he took all the criticism for that. We never said anything negative. As a matter of fact, what did he do? He signs a max deal to stay in Milwaukee. I think that just shows you there a little bit. You know, when it comes to how he perceives himself in that city. He loves Milwaukee, man. Maybe he reminds him of Greece. I don't know. We'll see what happens over these next couple of years. It's, can he keep it going on? All right. Deion Sanders said something at a press conference yesterday. Let me get your thoughts here on this. Does he have a point? So Deion was at the podium. Again, I have no disrespect, but I think it's Jackson State that he's coaching. And he's taking this job, and he's given no question about it. He's given notoriety to that football program. And that football program is – they should be very grateful that Deion Sanders is the head football coach of that team because Deion Sanders is going to elevate the team. He's going to elevate the talent around the team. He's going to elevate the entire division. He's going to elevate the historically black colleges because he's coaching. Primetime has got that. He's got that signature image that can do that. 
He made a point here though yesterday, and I thought it was. I don't think it would. I don't think this was race baiting. He goes, you know what? Every time I finish my my press conference, I always walk away thinking you guys don't respect me. And I'm paraphrasing this. He's talking to the media as he was addressing, you know, the upcoming training camp that they have for their upcoming season. He goes, it's funny. Every time, you know, somebody asks me a question, they always go, Dion. Every time you ask Nick Saban a question, you call him Coach Saban. I would like you guys to show me the same respect that you guys show Nick Saban when you call him Coach Saban. And please show me that. This is where I think Dion's wrong. Dion's living off of prime time, the player. He's not proven anything as a coach. Nick Saban has proven that distinction that he's a spectacular coach. Dion's living off of something in the past. He's living off his ego. That's an ego comment. When you're the defending national champion and you've got all those national championships on your desk, that's why he gets the distinction of being called coach. That's why. Not because he was one of the most spectacular cornerbacks of all time. Deion's got to get that right. You can't intertwine the two. Because you can't. All right. Thank you so much for coming aboard. By the way, if you missed any of the show, go over to the Jacob Media channel. Like it, share it. We really appreciate it. Krause, my boy Cal, thank you. Big Joe, we appreciate it. We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6. The only place you can catch us is National Football Show. We shall see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.